Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. I decided that the evolution of this podcast was going to be conversations with really interesting people. To that end, we have a very special guest today. So, who is it? It is Miss Melanie Young Taylor. (laughs) All right. Who is Melanie Young Taylor, or as most people know her, Mel? So, Mel is an award-winning producer. She is a fourth-generation Californian. She is a diehard 49ers fan. I know this because I've seen it. A staunch human rights activist, a dedicated environmental advocate, a friend, a wife, and to top it off, cherry on top, a soon-to-be mom. So here's the quick top liner on Mel. After a 14-year freelance career in the entertainment industry, Mel switched to a full-time career with the climate tech company called Persephone, where for the last two years, she has worked as the head of production, and she absolutely loves what she does. She works with the creative team from project ideation through budgeting, live production, through post-production, and distribution. She is essentially the mom of the team, basically, ensuring that nobody gets arrested or dehydrated or anything else while filming on the road. So Mel is originally from Aptos, California in Santa Cruz County. And she now lives in the beautiful Los Angeles, California, specifically Marina Del Rey, and says that she lives her life, quote, beach to beach. We love that. She's a mermaid. So while saying that her most significant lifetime achievement is actually just around the corner uh, with her becoming a mom this winter, she is most proud of the work that she and her River Street production colleagues did with Disney's Make Your Mark campaign. So that team was fortunate enough to win a daytime Emmy for an anti-bullying PSA that they produced in 2013. And Mel says that she would pursue the coveted EGOT right over there with John Legend, but alas... Not so much of a singer. That's okay. We can't kill it at everything. Mal has some incredible strengths. So instead, she's chosen to fight climate change, which is far more rewarding, as she says. Welcome, Mel. (laughs) Thank you. What an intro, my goodness. Thank you, girl. It's easy to say nice things about somebody so incredible. Honestly, I was just like... I'm going to dip into the pool of my own friends because I know so many incredible people. I think that you are the epitome of resilience. You know, oh, just when so it, sweet. It's, it's true. When it comes to honestly everything, your personal life, your motherhood journey, you know, making it in LA, which as we know is like a 0.0001% chance of like making it in a very difficult industry in entertainment and production. Um, you just show resilience in every corner of your life. So that's why I wanted to talk to you. I kind of wanted to understand a little more about your journey. You went straight from UC Santa Barbara where we met. You know, I'm playing lacrosse for UCSB. You're playing rugby. You're hanging with all the lacrosse guys. Like it was so much fun back then. But I took a wild, very much scenic route from Australia to Orlando, finally landed in LA. You went straight to LA and you're just like, I know what I want to do. My career kind of started really early, at least the idea for my career. Um, you know, my siblings and I used to record home videos and we do all the editing. Uh, 
in-house and our house, literally. Mm -hmm. Uh, We used to perform musicals. It was just a very, my dad's a professional musician, very musically oriented artistry. Um, We were always very much pushed to be and do whatever we want. My sister did musical theater. My brother was in a band. So I played the sports. So growing up, we, that was just always kind of part of our DNA. And so I actually went to film camp. I knew I wanted to be a director early on. Um, I want to direct music videos because that's why I love song. I love dance. I can't sing. Not a problem. Um, so I actually went to film camp at UCLA when I was like 14 or 15. Um, I did. I performed a talent show. I did a chair dance to American woman. Um, it was not, they weren't ready. The the film geeks weren't ready for all this sass. I should. Let have it's American woman. Yes, it was so inappropriate. It was so inappropriate. Everyone else was like, I'm a magician. And I'm like, I'm dancing on a chair. (laughs) Yeah, super saucy. So yeah, so I knew I wanted to do that. I only applied to film schools in college or in high school. Um, Oh, wow. So you really missed town. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew like at 10. So I was like, check, got it. Cool. And like, luckily, I have really supportive parents who are like, do whatever you want, be whatever you want, you can do it. So there wasn't like, you have to be a doctor or what have you. Yeah. Was Um, UCSD one of your like top choices for school? Was actually my sixth choice okay okay. yeah but um but I found out my parents like loved UCSB and they real they're both surfers so they wanted me to go there I was like NYU USC's film school I got put on their wait list to start like in the winter um but also like I got a lot of academic scholarships to help me at UC Santa Barbara so my parents are like uh stay in the UC system stay there so It's funny because I was like, my whole plan was I'm going to go there for a quarter because I wanted to start in the fall, you know, graduating June, go straight into college. I don't want to wait around for USC. So I'm like, I will go to UC Santa Barbara and then I'll transfer like a year, two years in. I'll go to USC or UCLA film school. I was at Santa Barbara for 24 hours and like, I'm not going anywhere. It was just the energy about it. And also transitioning from a small seaside town. Yeah. You know, in San in Aptos to yeah. LA is kind of a big jump. So Santa Barbara That's is kind of that bridge. Yeah. So that was so Santa Barbara is kind of that bridge. It was my like gateway drug to LA. <laughs> and I actually um I had been recruited by Long Beach to play soccer there and I was like, I'm cool. And then you see Santa Barbara, I'm like, I'll just go walk on there. That didn't uh, happen. Uh, um so yeah, but what was funny about it is it's almost like I felt this relief of like, oh, my God, I can live my life now when I didn't make the cut because it's all yeah. I'd ever known is competitive soccer. And I did the whole Olympic Ooh. development program and all that. And it was yeah. wonderful. But like, mm-hmm. so a month in, I'm like starting to itch. I'm like, I need a sport. I need a sport. And then that's how I found rugby. Nice. And it's to this day, my, you know, some of my best friends are are my rugby ladies. It's just oh, I've yeah. never met. Yeah. I've never met teammates that were more supportive and uplifting and like it was just the most incredible feeling I've ever felt. So um I What drew you to rugby specifically? Like were you entertaining other sports? I was looking at club soccer, but I actually went to um one of the one of my girlfriends I grew up playing club soccer with and high school soccer with, Nicole, 
she played rugby. She's like, Mel, come try it out. I'm like, okay. Ah. And tried it out. So she uh, pulled me in. And there's actually like four or five girls that went to Aptos High that ended up playing UC Santa Barbara rugby, which is kind of No way. Wow. All really cute and fun. I mean, honestly, that like parallels (laughs) like my story. (laughs) Like there was, I think, four or five of us who went to Davis Mm. High School up near Sacramento who ended up all living together in Isla Vista and playing together for four years of lacrosse. So I think it was the same as you. It's just like, okay, you have your little community where you know everybody. It's like one or two Mm -hmm. degrees of separation. You get to the bigger campus, this bigger school, bigger crowd. You still have your kind of core crew, right? Mm -hmm. You like find Mm -hmm. your niche. But I feel like it's a, what's amazing is like these people have remained your friends. Like I see this on oh, your yeah. social media, like when you're traveling, oh, yeah. like you travel more than anybody I've ever seen for like life events of your friends. Like you want to be there oh, yes. in person to support. Like it's I, incredible. Girl, I love, you know, I love a party. I love a party. You know that. Um, so anywho, fast forward, college, blah, blah, double major, blah, blah. Graduated <laughs> on a Saturday, moved to LA on a Sunday, started work on a Monday. And I started, girl, you know that. So I, what I did, this is how I started. I knew I want to be music director and I was, um, Fatima Robinson, who's an incredible choreographer. Um, she came to Santa Barbara and had a lecture and I went and listened and she spoke to me. And one of the questions I asked was, how do you, how are music videos produced? Like who produces them? And she said, they're specific production companies. And I, cause I, I know of film production companies, TV production companies. I didn't know specific ones did short format. So did commercials, promos, mm-hmm. interstitials, music videos. I go, huh? So then what I did is I went home and I started Googling all my favorite music video directors to see what production companies they're tied to. Mm-hmm. And then I went to that production company website and I just started emailing everyone on the list oh and God. no one got back to me. Except for Forced. one person. That's not a hero's journey. Right. Can't so, be easy. <sighs> so Gina, God bless her. She um from FM Rocks sent me back, was like, Yeah, come, come check us out. Da, da, da. The production company happened to be a mile from where my grandma lived in Santa Monica. There are no coincidences. So, no, no. So I went there and she's like, When do you want to start? And so I started my internship there. Yeah, uh, I already the summer summer of my uh-huh of my junior year. And then wow. I would skip, this is the irony, the only B I got in film class or in my film course was in film production because I would skip class to go work on a shoot in LA that I got oh, paid that for. so ironic. Yeah. Isn't that hilarious? Like, uh, so, life experience over classroom experience. hundred. I come back with all the crafty and all the goodies and I was getting I paid. And I was, that was the class you had to miss. Exactly, hundred percent. It was, so it was all, yeah. It was like on a Friday, and I was always doing shoots on like Friday, Saturday. So you're like, so, yeah, well, seeing so- as how like the A that I would get in this class would just be to get me this type of opportunity, and I already have it. Like logic. Sometimes you just gotta yeah. go where the money is, you know. Yeah, and you it was also like you already got the goal. Like you don't need the it- means to the end. You got the end. No. And they'd say like it's it's who you know, not what you know, right? In my mm-hmm. in our business, and so truly mm-hmm. like. That's what I was doing. I was connecting and making, you know, these great What would you say, was- like, how many people were like, nah, no thanks, before you got that yes? Realistically, probably, like, 25, 30. Yeah. 
Yeah. I may have sent some out? faxes too back then. I don't even remember. I probably faxed some. What was it? This was so like 2005, six. Yeah, 2004 is when I started, but yeah, 2005, yeah. Okay. That, so, that, I feel like that was still the era of the fax, right? There's a couple, a couple you could throw in there. Pager, beep them up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, you hit me on the sidekick? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I was able to have a job lined up because it was like, okay. And I and anytime people say like, how do you get into the biz? I say do an internship, especially if you're in school and you can get school credit for it yeah. or you have another source of income and you can, and you can do that because the company more often yeah. than not is much more willing to hire someone that has experience with them that they've met, that they yeah. like, that knows the job site, the company, whatever policies versus some recent college grad. Like you can right. be coming from Harvard, but if you like, you know, Santa Monica City College and you're working your butt off, they see that like you're going to probably get hired. You do like basically a dry run, if you will. Yeah. And yeah. then by the time you're ready to graduate, it's they got a job lined up for you. Not what always, did they like, have you like, doing as an intern? Basically, they had me working 39 hours so they didn't have to pay me insurance or benefits. Very specific. Ah, right but, under that. Uh, I worked. Okay. I actually helped in accounting, so I, which I oh. love. You know, I love budgeting. Yeah, I remember when you were a production manager doing those budgets, man. Yeah, yeah. So I worked in accounting, and I still went and got lunch for people. But then they'd be like, "Hey, Mel, um, do you want to work on set?" And I, they just put me on as like talent PA. So I used to work with a lot of celebrities and make sure that they're writers, which even is like as a list. Of, even as an intern, that and I got paid my 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 stipend and. Wow. Was great. I got school credit. I got paid. I got to eat. I got to meet celebrities. So, so yep. they knew when you were graduating and they were just like, Hey, you're moving to LA, right? Like, do you want to work for us? Was it just exactly. that easy? It was, yep. It was that easy. It was like a really easy transition. And um, as a, I as a PA got, or sorry, a production assistant? A, yeah. Yeah. I was an office PA um, right. working and then I got hired. And then ironically the, the winter after, so six months later, um, they went bankrupt they went under what? and i found yeah i saw the signs because i was working in accounting and there's a lot of people calling to ask about their check but Ooh, um but the cool thing is they're like mel help us clean out the place I'm like sure i go into storage and it's literally every costume from like every christina aguilera video snoop Mark. video chris brown what? and i just i got it all i took it all Did you take it off yeah, I wore it for ho- all these different things for Halloween. Like, yeah, ain't I, no I'm other man. Right now, I will buy a storage unit just to house these costumes. You know it. That was Halloween for 10 years. Uh, wow. These? I do. I do. And my mind Not is going to to Catherine Heigl in like 27 dresses, like a closet full of just like oh, yeah. just it's, a, it's a trunk. Overloading. It's a trunk. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, this is scary. How did I never know this? The connections, the connections I made while I was there, because there's all these freelancers. And so I just reached out to coordinators, PMs, production managers. I said, hey, FM Rocks is gone. Um, Do you have any work for me? And then I got hired as a set PA or a talent PA. And that's how I started it. My hustle kind of freelancing and um, just kind of worked my way up from PA to assistant coordinator to coordinator to production manager to line producer. So yeah. hold on, you kind of bookended this. Like you started out full time and then you went like fully into the freelance world for like well over a decade and then kind of came poetically full circle back around. Yes. To full time. 
So sure did. tell me about the freelance, because I think a lot of people, especially who like want to be in this industry, I don't know that everybody understands like how different of a lifestyle that is in terms of yeah. like, you know, doing unemployment when you're not working or like health insurance or, you know, keeping those connections up so that you'll be the first call when somebody needs a production coordinator, manager, et cetera. Like, what was that hustle like for you? And was the goal always to ultimately get back to like a, you know, steady paying full-time gig? Or were you like, I just love being a producer and however that manifests. Yeah. So I am very, very lucky and blessed that, um, I never really had to worry about work. Like it just would come to me and that's how it is. You're only as good as your last job. So you, I mean, it, when I'm, when I was in it, it was just nonstop hustle, go, 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 go. Don't sleep. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Let's go keep on going. I open parking, pulling to parking lots and target to sleep for two hours. Cause you've been up for 24 working back on the road, just nonstop hustle. And then people see that work. I mean, it's, it's not healthy. I don't recommend it. I was also one of the only, the few females set PAs. And so, really? yeah. And so they'd always put me with talent. Cause you know, women, we have a better touch sometimes. It really just was hustle and being kind to people and also like having a backbone because in the, in the industry I was in, you know, I dealt with some stuff that is very, um, casting couchy and I would just, um, snap back and they're like, Oh, okay. What is casting couchy? Uh, that's when the creeps come out, the people, uh-huh. the executives, the directors, the talent, their entourage, where they pass very sexual, inappropriate comments, sometimes to women, sometimes to men. And because you're in a vulnerable position, many folks don't have the option of walking away because they don't want to lose the work or get it, you know. So yeah. anywho, um, yeah. I, um, I have a little bit of a mouth on me. So I was <laughs> lucky enough that like I was able it. not every time, but like, you know, to speak up and, um, and it's, wow, and it's. Bomb. Yeah, and not everyone has that unfortunately in them. So, um, but I, but when I hear work, like, be, like in as a result of having a backbone and standing your ground on things that were, you know, um, yeah, more actually, more more recently than not. So I was on really? a shoot. I was on a shoot um, just before I started at, at my now company, and mm-hmm. um, I had one of our talents send us what the world knows as a, a dick pic. It's when oh, they, you know, picture of their penis. It was my first one I've ever received. So yeah, well, because I started, I've been with my husband for twelve years, and that wasn't a thing. So I've been asking for dick pics for my husband for years, and he's like, "I'm not sending you." One. So I finally got one. But no, um, like staunch as a politician, like no dick yeah, pics for you, right? He, exactly. Well, I got one. It was uh, yeah, a lot. He's over seventy, so you can just imagine oh, what that Lord. entails. Ooh. Ooh, but uh, anywho, I reached out to wow. the agency producer and I said, we need to find a new talent for this spot. It was a spot mm-hmm. on female empowerment. And this French creative came in and said, but he was so good, you know, and I'm like, well, if you want to keep him, that's totally fine. Um, I'm just going to walk. And I'd already put in so many hours into this spot. Them? Absolutely. And I told my director, I told the executive producer, I was line producing, um, and they were like, that's not cool. Like, and then, but this French agency producer still wanted to, um, 
use him. And so I just said, listen, you guys can um, use him, but I will walk from this. And so they realized how valuable I was and they said, no, no, we'll recast. And so then I had to recast and find someone. But um, that's incredible that like you stood your ground and you got, I mean, you were able to keep that job that work, but honestly, it probably has a lot to do with that reputation of solid work that you built over the last like decade plus, you know, it's like in their mind, it was easier to find new talent than it is to replace you. Which I didn't think of it like that, but yes, I was hoping they fired me because that job was horrible and I really wanted to walk from it, but I don't give up. I'm not a quitter unless, you know, it's like integrity is involved and all that morality. Yeah, but that's really hard. And honestly, I think a lot of people come to that kind of crossroads, especially in that industry and and in LA, you know, where it's like, oh my God, you're moving from a small town in the Midwest or the South and you're there by yourself and you're just trying to make it like the story that you hear over and over again. I hate to say it, but like the whole Harvey Weinstein thing that like started that landslide. Yeah. That's that's why I believe every single actress. Yeah. So, I mean, what, it's just very hard. Like, how would you advise women who don't have your reputation, who don't have the body of work that you have yet, who are still trying to break in to this industry, whether that's behind the camera or in front of the camera, you know, how do you think that young women should deal with that type of thing in that Hit industry? Hit them in the balls and run. No, I'm just kidding. You know, it, it's a, it's a hard one to navigate, but yeah. I mean, I, I, there needs to be a safe space. And what's hard in the freelance world is you are replaceable. You are yeah. for the most part. So it's like, yeah. if you're not going to do the job, I'm going to call this person. They will, you know, especially when it's tied to celebrities. Cause people yeah. like it, 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 there's this whole different layer that is gross. But, um, I think that you just have to really, I mean, nowadays it's such a safer space and I love that. I'm so happy. I was actually at the women's March in DC in 2017. And when I tell you the energy of that event was Mm -hmm. unlike anything I've ever felt. And you just, you're like, okay, shit's about to change. And then right after that, the me too movement happened. Yeah, You're like, I'm on the press. You felt it. And, um, and I just feel like nowadays there is more, there's way more resources that if that does happen, you mm-hmm. have someone to call, someone to tell. And and they believe these women now before they weren't yeah. believing them. And now it's like, yeah. no, no, this is a thing. Yeah. Now that we can record it, there's more evidence now that, you know, social media is a thing. People can see what's going on. They can kind of see the creeps. Yeah. Um, but it is very hard. It's a, it's a hard thing to navigate and you don't know until you're in it how you're going to respond. You yeah. Know? So it's just and something like, do you that... Think that- um, I mean, I know this is hard to be objective about this. It's kind of a sliding doors moment because I think at that point that that happened to you, that was only a couple of years ago, right? You were already, already so established oh, yeah. in this world and in this industry. But if that had happened to 23-year-old Mel, do you think she would have responded the same way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but I think I would have, um, I think I would have. If I told them, I don't think I would have threatened to walk. I just would have been like, we, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's really hard. Yeah. Cause it's like at the point that, one. you know, like you just said in the world of freelance, like everybody's replaceable and, and most of my career background is corporate and that still holds true. Everybody's replaceable. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Your own company, run your own business or totally self-sufficient. Then like, you're never 
a hundred percent safe in any given job, career, role, whatever it is. But it's like, that's why you got to stand that moral ground because it's like, if people are going to know you for something, it's like, know you for your work ethic, know you for, you know, your moral compass pointing due north, you know, regardless of circumstance, right? And what was that like in terms of those jumps you had to make? Like, I'm thinking about, you know, in the world that I come from, it's moving from a sales assistant to a sales coordinator or planner to an account executive. And the hardest jump to make is from the planner to the account executive, because that's Mm -hmm. the space where you're, you've got your own account list. You may have to make a commission. You're responsible for bringing in a certain amount of revenue. It's the high pressure, high risk, high reward position that it's a really hard jump to make. Is there something like that in your industry where it's like from PA to from production assistant to coordinator, from coordinator to manager, from manager to line producer? Like what is that in your world? You have to have someone willing to take you under their wing and teach you. That's the only way. There's no schooling for it. There's nothing. There's no, there's not even like on job training really because it's you're so busy people don't have time to train you but thankfully one of my best friends to this day Isley she really was kind of my mentor and she's the one I used to work do a lot of work with radical media as an office PA and um she was a coordinator at the time and PMing and she's like here Mel this is what a PO this is what a budget looks like this is what a PO log looks like and went through line by line explained it to me and that was like the first person that like gave me that shot and so that we do jobs together, basically you're doing the work of maybe the person above you, but you're getting that that skill set locked in so that when someone's able to hire you, you feel that confidence. Yeah. And there's times where like people didn't teach me shit. So it's a lot of like kind of asking. Yeah, exactly. And But what's great is like you have a, a nice resource in the industry of different coordinators, PMs, producers who you've worked with before, different yeah. levels. You may, buy higher than, you may be higher than them now. You may be at the same level. By, you know, however it may be, but you can always reach like, Hey, quick question. Would you know the scale rates for the, Oh yeah. Let me send you a form. Like people are freelancers wow. are very, very willing to help other people out. I so mean, that's really, kind of I, cool because in my mind, it's like a friend of me thing where it's like, if you guys are up for the no. same type of jobs, no. then I'm trying to help you. No. It's not because what's funny is a lot of producers are tied to certain directors, which are cited to certain companies. So like if you have your go-to directors, unless you really, really screw up, they're going to keep hiring you. And so okay. like, I'm not a, th- I'm not a threat to that person's, to that right. director because produ- that's not, I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. a go-to. Right, so right. It's, it's, not some, some game. it's not, if you win, no. they lose. It's like, everybody can win. We all yes. share the, yes. the yes. Yeah. And such a community. And I still get, I got hit up yesterday for some recommendations. So I send them yeah. off and it's all about yeah. recommending different crew members and vendors and just like, yeah. You know, whatever you can do to help other people out, you know, yeah. that's, that's how does that look? I got to ask this question because, um, guys, you should know that Mel's husband is also in the world in his name is Kaidi Taylor. So he's also in the world of production, media, entertainment industry. And I know that Mel, you guys have worked together like several yes. times. So mm-hmm. I got to know, we got to know, like, what is that like? Like working on a set with your significant other, like, is it easy to keep things separate or are you sneaking little pecs here and there? (laughs) What's that dynamic? It's uh, not good. It's not good, (laughs) you guys. Um, No, um, I'm just really mean to him. I'm really mean to him. We uh, we don't, there's no romance. Like there's times where people have no, for years, didn't know we were together um I'm because the thing is my stress and frustration 
that like there's gonna be like other PAs will be like, yo, why is the producer on you? Like she's being so rude to you. And then he asked because like, well, we wouldn't tell people. But no, right. um, because my frustration, all that, I could take it out on him. And then I found that like, okay, him as a teamster, way better because then he can be out in the van. Yeah. I'm not having to interact with him. Yeah. But I work yeah. with his brother Jamal a lot too. And Jamal is just the best. And it's it was fun because I got to like Jamal's great. We work together great. But then he kind of looks like, so I see like what I thought was my husband out of the corner of my eye. I get excited. Like, oh no, that's his brother. So it kind of was the best of both the worlds. Well, it's a little yeah. blurry. It's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there, there were times too where I have a breakdown and I'm like, you know, I call Kaidi to the production office and then he comes in and he would just fix whatever was broken. And that was nice. I wouldn't have to say anything. So it wasn't something that was just something. Printer fix, you know, so. So not necessarily enough. something that was like part of his like bullet points on his job there it was nope. more just like my nope. stupid computer isn't Help. working or like my phone's yeah. dead or like whatever it was something exactly. that you were just like you're my man fix it yeah and then you know on, you know, when you're on set like in production you rarely eat you rarely use the bathroom you're working 16 18 19 20 hour days my longest day was 32 hours straight which is insane oh my god uh, no overtime. time no overtime. Uh, bowling for soup music video. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't guess that one. Yeah. Shot at uni high. Is that, yeah, that was pretty legal? Hard. 32 straight out? Now it's not. Thank God. Uh, so there was a PA that we used to work for American Idol that maybe like 10 years ago sued because of that and they won. So now you can't over, you can't, you can't. Work PAs oh, out quote, long. Guys. She's air they do. I'm air quoting. They do, but at least they get oh. overtime now. The overtime okay. and just recently, production has a union. I'm so Ooh. proud of them. Yeah, they have a union, so they're gonna have benefits and they're gonna be protected. And I'm so excited. They've been fighting for. I'm not kidding. Since it began, because in the TV world, coordinators, production producers, they're they're unionized, but in commercial world, they're not, which is mind-blowing to me and what's wild is if you look at the job quality which you know this because we've talked about this before when one of your boys wanted to work for uh coordinate for me remember that oh and yeah I was like, and i was like oh so you know yeah. i make a call this sheet. Wrong reaction but yeah okay. uh, 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 um yeah. r.i.p socially um so like i've asked do you know how to do a call sheet do you know how to do a pre-pro book did that and no i don't do that i don't do that like because there's not it's very different qualifications. Mm -hmm. We do all that, you know? So anyway, it's, um, it's something that, um, I, the freelance world is wild. Um, and nowadays it's changed so much since I started there. And I'm happy that people are able to get like true turnarounds and be paid for the overtime. And, and it's just funny because it's like, I never even questioned the shitty hours and being, you know, treated like, It's just what you knew. It's just what you, it's, it's Hollywood, baby. It's Hollywood. That was you know? your base, like comparison. So it didn't yeah. seem weird because that was all you ever experienced. And when you start on music videos, it's like anything can happen because it's with, with celebrity talent. And so like, you know, Britney Spears shows up 15 hours late. You're just standing by for 15 hours. And then when she gets there, then you keep working. So there's no like, you know, oh, we got to go eat lunch or dinner. Like we just spent a million dollars on this setup on today alone. Like we got to keep it going. That's so like it's the craziest music video you ever worked on in terms of just like things not going according to plan. All of them. Every the, all of the above. No. Uh, 
Oh my god, I can't even. Uh, I had. I'll go quick. There's a VW shoot I did where there's like it was literally Claude Van Damme and then like Sylvester Stallone, and there's some ninjas in downtown LA, and the ninja fell and cut herself, and I had to I had to drive her to the ER, and she got I, my car was a week old, and she got blood all over my car, and then oh um another one where I was doing a Snoop and Acon video and like. Snoop had like 20 people with him and no one brought his weed and he likes peach rolling papers. No one brought his peach rolling. He was rolling with a 20 deep crew and nobody had his weed. Did they know him? Apparently not. So they needed more more peach rolling papers at 2 in the morning on a Thursday yeah. and I had to go source they them. Say, I you have to like go get yeah, what, you gotta, yeah, what I, yeah, yeah. And I had to find I don't know what I did but like Yelp. That was crazy. 24 hours convenience store. Ex- a hundred percent something crazy wild i'm like you should have wow. like a marijuana specialist with you at all times and that's all they have i mean he but, is a marijuana specialist isn't he you, you true true <laughs> and his I people are when I was working at bet and the viacom like when they launched this big new shiny uh hollywood office that they moved all of us into and the like opening week party um snoop dogg performed and actually had his like wingman dude who's up on stage with him, his hype dude, was literally pouring tequila into the mouths of all of the Viacom employees who were just like fangirling out. Uh, but it was very awkward because, right, it's like you're in a professional work context. Your boss is, is a few rows back. It's Hollywood, you're- baby. It's Hollywood, Hollywood baby. Baby is Hollywood. <laughs> like- Snoop Dogg is the new Kevin Bacon. Snoop Dogg truly is the Kevin. <laughs> like literally. Snoop Literally, Dogg um, bacon. like degrees of Snoop Dogg, especially in LA. Yes, I feel like everybody yes. has a Snoop Dogg story. Yep. Like that dude is the friggin' installation in that city. A hundred percent, he's great. Sounds Step like you've up. been on some crazy, crazy jobs. Uh, I have all been freelance, and now you've all settled freelance. into this world. Of like nine to five is me. You have well, health depends. benefits. Yes. You know what's funny about the health benefits? People always say that, but like I, I got my own health benefits. Like I, I was able to get them through Blue Shield, like as an individual plan. And okay. And also knowing you're getting a paycheck every two weeks, not like, yeah. hey, Susie, where's my money, girl? And or like tech, like frantically hitting up production <laughs> offices trying to find track down your funds, you know? Knowing like you, like you're very good at you know, getting what you need. I feel like you probably dropped off cupcakes with Susie before you asked about I that. I have. You you know I have. You know I have. Baked goods go so far with people. You are the queen swear. of good. Yeah, exactly. Throw a little sugar in there, literally. Um, literally. Yeah, literally. So, so yeah, it's... Um, what is that like? To go from freelancing to... <laughs> we're going to break that. Freelancing. Yeah. What is it like to go from freelancing to like that stable, steady paycheck? You know, maybe you don't get as much um, variety in the type of work that you do, or maybe you do. You tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually, I got my buddy hit me up about this job. I now work for a climate tech company as head of production. We have carbon accounting software, so you can count your carbon footprint. Um, Hell yeah, it's called Persephone, P-E-R-S-E-F-O-N-I. Yeah, she is. She's sassy. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, 
I was very afraid because first of all, climate tech, I didn't know what that even meant. Uh, but my good buddy who worked in production, we used to PA together many years ago. He was working for the company. He's like, hey, I'm filming some stuff in-house. I need help. This is like in, I don't know, May or June, he hit me up. And I was like, I don't, okay, I don't like this weird. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you're drunk. Call me later. He was not drunk. He just like, this was all so foreign to me. I couldn't process it. And then he kept trying and trying. He's like, no, promise you come, come, come. And then I was like, you know what? Screw it. Worst cases, I hate it. And I go back to freelance. You know, I think the hardest part is telling I have two directors I work with at River Street Productions and I had to tell them like, you know, after 10 years of working together, like I'm, I'm out. And that was, you know, cause we're like a little family. That was really hard. Yeah. River Street did a lot of pro social promos and PSAs. And mm-hmm. for me, I always found my heart was always more attached to those. So we did stuff for yeah. Foster more, a lot yeah. of the Disney stuff, like make your mark. All, exactly. Yeah. Non-prop beach cleanups, park cleanups, yeah. like foster yeah. care. Like it was bullying. Mm-hmm, it was, which, mm-hmm. By the way, my dad used to tell people is the Emmy is for anti-bullying. Like, I didn't like to bowl. Like, bowl. That's such a bad thing to do. Such a dad joke. I'm like, Dad. Right. What was the commercial you were in where they actually had you, like, shoot a basketball at a park? Oh, yeah. That was um, that was a Disney spot. It still airs sometimes. And it was, was it like, promote? the promoting, um, like, cleaning up the park. It was, oh. like, the National Clean Your Park Day or was week or like, whatever. Helen didn't show up? Yes. She, didn't, she showed up She showed up late. She didn't have a work permit. She was 16. Her mom oh. was screaming at us. Ooh. And they're like, Mel, can you shoot a basketball? I'm like, duh. And they gave it to me. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, Can you shoot a basketball? <laughs> I had to put on, like, I had to push my boobs down and put on, like, four Did boobs. Did you feel like now and then, Christina Ricci, like, duct tape your boobs yeah. down? Dang, damn, like, damn near, yeah. And um, but honestly, the first shot I took, I made it. It was a three point, like little fade away. The rest of the time I tried, it was just not hitting. And so that was well, the you got, you did that one. You're like one shot now. Exactly. And then that mom stalked me, text me saying, "You ruined my child's life. Her not being in here. This is never gonna go anywhere, bitch." That spot aired Times Square. It aired in the back of cabs in t- in New York City. My friends are hitting me up. That thing aired for years. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like that thing had a run of like nine years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you had to say goodbye to your River Street Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because you signed and- on for the full-time gig. And I know that you are a staunch environmental advocate. Like, was that kind of the main thing that you that were like, number, okay, number one. see myself? Number one. Like, I heard yeah. the mission. I heard the mission and our, our CEO, Kentaro, is just incredible. This is a startup. Yep, we need to get going. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Help, yep. help, help where you can. It was very overwhelming in the beginning because I still was trying to process everything. And just these, the folks that work there are so incredibly brilliant. And you're just trying to listen and catch up. And you're like, I don't know what they're saying, but I have a million posts. And also, like, I don't cover the corporate world. So, like, KPIs and, like, all these, like, little SMEs. I'm like, what the hell are you? This acronym shit. Uh, ABC, DEF. Stupid stupid acronyms. Exactly. But I I know them now. Um, But, yeah. And, honestly, I I can honestly say I have never felt more respected Mm. or appreciated in any career I've ever had, especially being like a lot of times being a young female producer, like it, not everyone even looks at you when you sit in the room. Um, you know, especially when you meet clients, it's all, they're always looking at the older dudes and, um, yeah. to be in yeah. a room where everyone listened to me and like actually 
said, that's a great idea. And it was just, mm-hmm. I felt so valued and I've never yeah. felt that before. And I didn't know, I didn't know I could feel like that. I didn't know that I never, I never thought about doing a full-time job. I liked freelance and it was full-time for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got to choose my schedule and do what I wanted to do and pick my jobs. But I have to say, I don't, I hope to God that I never have to go back because the, this corporate life is like, and granted, maybe some of the respect is forced, right? There's a lot of policies in HR now, but like either way, yeah. I I also work for a company that breathes, breathes and lives in transparency and honesty and being open. And if something doesn't feel right, say something. It's a um, core element, one of our operating principles. And so it's something that I'm, I'm brought into this space where I get to actually like be myself and like I be extremely open and say what's on my mind and I don't get in trouble. What? And then what's kind of cool is because I get to I I come from this world where you say you can say whatever, but you know, you gotta kind of watch a little bit. And still corporate's different. I can't be as sassy. You know, I gotta kind of turn bring down some things. But the the big hoops to the smaller corporate size. Uh Corporate Kristen taught me about corporate hoops by the way. Now I wear these small little hoops that are about the size of a quarter. And they're my they're my corporate hoops. Guys, we've got to spread this like wildfire. So Mel and I have been calling this corporate hoops for probably like, I don't know, seven or eight years. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, it's just smaller hoop earrings because when we would go out and hit the Hollywood clubs, it would be those <laughs> massive ass hoops. It would literally be touching your shoulders and we get caught on some girl's hair when she was like doing the damn Dougie as you walk. If, like massive. If you, if you can't, hoop. you got to like, be able to fit your fist through it. You gotta be able to fit your fist through it, or it ain't it. <laughs> yes. Can your fist now fit it's like it, now it's like maybe two, not barely two yeah. fingers, and your it. index yeah. finger fit through the hoop. Like if it's yes, two exactly corporate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, okay, it was so a great time. Think we get some clarification here because a lot of people. Yes. The same way that you didn't know what climate tech was when you started, I didn't know until you told me, like, please tell the audience, like, what is climate technology? What does Persephone do? Okay, so Persephone is, we do carbon accounting. So we're like, people like to say we're the turbo tax of carbon accounting. So uh-huh. right now, actually, in California, Gavin Newsom just signed, finally, two bills, SB 253 and the SB 261. And those now make it companies that are operating in California that make a billion dollar revenue or more are going to be required to submit their carbon financials, essentially their carbon data. So the way that your the SEC makes you, you have to submit all of your financial data, you're going to have to submit your, your carbon emissions. Mm. And, and that I, I forget, I think it's year by year, 2025 or seven. Oh, um, there's but either way it's it's going to be required by law whether you're private or public in companies. california so, like a state in california level. uh-huh okay. and the sec is creeping up they're going to probably do the same thing for the rest of the country so you think this might already, be federal soon i think so i think so it might it might be different there might be different stipulations you know there's three scopes we report on scope one two and three um okay. They, they're always a little iffy about scope three because that's once it hits the consumer's hands what happens to that product uh-huh. after that 
And it's, it's very hard to, or it's hard for some to gauge. It can be done. It just takes more work. So that's always up for a debate. But like we say, if you don't include scope three, you're not truly getting the true carbon footprint because until you can measure the carbon footprint, you can't see where you, where your baseline is. And improve on what you don't measure, right? A hundred. Exactly. And so what we're trying to do is help people. We have this software, like instead of paying consultants millions of dollars to plug into an Excel spreadsheet and like do whatever their magic to That's guess the way it. It's done now. Exactly. That's the way it's done. We have a okay. bunch of data set points that you can different together. Very yes, old. It's very, it's very, it's very questionable. Um, you know, and now we have thousands of data points that we can pull from, and then we can give you a, accurate that that can then be reported back to the proper people so if it was your choice you probably wouldn't choose to go back to freelance assuming that everything continues to go well with persephone fingers crossed Um, crossed. and you're gonna be a mom soon Mm -hmm. i mean just another reason we have to save the planet future generation yes right yes yep (laughs) absolutely in terms of them you know you never feeling like you've been disrespected in your role in a company and especially as a female in a pretty male dominated space and production and media um you know what has it been like being you know a pregnant woman in that space you're ahead you're the head of production so here's what's up this is the funny world how it works i i you know my husband and I struggled for five years. I have unexplained uh, infertility, which basically means they don't fucking know shit. They do all the tests. They rule everything out. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we don't know. You can tell you things it's not. Exactly. You're like, well, there's no blockages there. There's not, you know, like, but we don't know why. And, um, you know, I did all the things. I did all the, the dieting, the antioxidant dieting. I did the acupuncture. I did the crystals. I did, you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I gave. Know. Also, I also took her to a cold plunge. Uh, we tried some oh, some very holistic yeah. remedies for this. She shook me upside down a couple times. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, so it's it's something that um, I uh, we struggled with for five years. We um, did get pregnant. We then miscarried, which is one in four women. They just don't talk about it. Uh-huh. So it's um, and then you know we kept uh-huh. doing some more IUIs, which people call the turkey basin method. Um, and then we had to move on to IVF, which is um, very intense emotionally, physically, financially. Um, you know, it was, it was many, many, many uh, weeks and years of injecting hormones and yeah. having yeah. to watch my diet and not being able to drink, which is really fucked up. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, at the end of it, we spent like seventy grand over five the course of five years. So if anyone wants to sponsor my. Uh, the payment, um, my like credit cards. Like I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's fine, but it's all. But at the end of the day, it's all. I truly believe I would not have had a successful IVF transfer. We got pregnant on the first transfer. We got a lot of eggs retrieved. We have healthy kind embryos. Of unusual for it to happen on the first time. It it, it is. Yeah. It is it. It just kind of depends on the person. But yeah, usually they say it could take two to three cycles. Um, and we, you know, we got 20 eggs from that. We got eight embryos from that. We tested them all genetically. We got four. And so, and then our first transfer worked and it was just like, thank 
the Lord because I was not like, I'm like in a headspace. I don't know that I'd be able to continue, but I truly believe I was successful because of Persephone. I know that sounds crazy, but I did not realize what a toll my old production life was putting on my body and physically, mentally, and Mm -hmm. the stress, but like lack of sleep, you know, it's like, sometimes you get a call from a director at midnight who has an idea and you have to pick it up. And then, you know, I had times where this first trimester, even once I got pregnant, like my manager, my manager protected me so much from stress. There's Mm -hmm. times he would take more on because he just wanted to make sure I was okay. And then also you have a lot more doctor's appointments. I was exhausted. So I'd need a nap in the middle of the day. So he would make sure I didn't have any calls in the middle of the day. And like, there's no way production people, they're not stopping for shit. You know what I mean? Like they don't care. Like keep it moving. And I, I really believe that this timing, whether you believe in God or just the universe, like I think that Persephone is brought into my life so that I could successfully have a child. And I don't know that I would be pregnant right now if I hadn't made that jump to being full time with this. Yeah. And it might've been a lot harder to, to have that realization of like how much of an impact that erratic schedule was having on your body, on your mind, on everything. Right. Uh, and I and I can't even imagine being on set, being like, oh, I need to go take my like injection, my progesterone. I'll be right back. Like, there's no way, yeah. especially something like that you can't control, like data yeah. and analytics. To me, like yeah. I just crave that when it came to all my fertility oh, stuff. 100%. So like I'm reading CDC reports, I'm reading all the different journals, SART, which is like the they yeah. actually are the certification of fertility, whatever I could eat up, you know. Yeah, I would. yeah, because I mean at that point you know, it's been what, four, almost five years that you guys have been trying. And it's like, you're going to consume every every bit of knowledge that is available to you to like optimize this, to like as efficient and as likely to work as possible. A hundred percent. And again, it was being able to see that that was like controlled. I'm like, okay, I can control this. And then I would do all the the fluffy stuff too, you know, the the baby dances and the headstands after intercourse and all that. But I did it all. I did like a cu- a menstrual cup after that sucks it. Like I did it all. Oh my god, it did not work, and it got stuck, and I almost I even know what that lost is. Lost my mind. a menstrual oh. cup. So it is basically a cup that you put into your vagine when oh. you are menstruating, and it holds it for you. And then you just take. It's very sustainable, but okay. like disgusting I'm, for me. Per- like but just if you travel there, and yep, then and you take it out, and it looks like your hand looks like you just murdered someone. And then you wash it off in the in the in the sink, and then you like put it back in and go on your day. So they say that after you you know your partner finishes the deed, you put uh-huh. it in because it keeps the um, sperm from swimming straight towards the right way, and okay. um, and then you know you should get pregnant. But then I did it. So and you in the put blockade in there, like yes, yes, those little spermies Do not in work there. for me. Did not work for me. And then it got stuck. And I oh my God. literally panicked. Did Katie get my I tried to get my You know, I tried to get him to fish it out. And he goes, You're gonna have to figure that out. You're not being patient. Relax. You're tensing up. That's probably why he was he so he was my coach. He was my coach. He was like, relax, stop tensing, hook it stop out. Breathing, but I have not put my hand in there. That's all you. You know, exactly. He's like, oh, I'm not doing this. So we're going to wrap things up here because we have taken a lot of Miss Melanie's time. I love but your time. We are going to end with just a few quick 
final curious questions. Okay. So question number one, what is a question you wish that you were asked more often? Have you eaten today? Because the answer is probably no. By Katie or Katie or by anybody? Do you want anyone to ask Usually on set, like on set. I wish more people asked me that. Have you eaten? Have you you used the restroom? The answer is no. Do you want me to watch? Just assume it's in the mouth. Yeah, exactly. I think have you eaten today is a good one. My favorite too is now like, cause I don't, I've had a pretty good knock on wood pregnancy. Like it's been pretty great. Just some heartburn, some food aversions, but I've been pretty great. When women say, Oh, you're so lucky. Not fair. I go, well, your husband just came inside you and you got pregnant. I went through a lot more and it's like a lot of money, time and efforts. And they're like, oh, yep. yeah. that checks them real quick. So I'm like, right, this right. is like, karma of me going through what I went through and now I'm having like a wonderful pregnancy. These are the scales balancing out, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. Like it didn't like, happen. Was free. Yeah. Well, you were hammered when you got yours. I was <laughs> drugged up on so <laughs> much, six different I injections. I was injecting shots every yeah. day. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited posted. for your baby shower coming up. I'm very oh, excited. Me too. I'm going to put you on a me lily too. pad and worship you. By the way, there's no baby games allowed, so don't worry. You yes! have to taste. Oh my that God. was my one. Thank you. There's no Thank chocolate. You. No chocolate from diapers. You have to taste. Okay. There's no guessing how big I am. Mel, I've been saying this I for years. Know. Like, if I ever had a child, I joke that I am like Miranda in Sex in the City, where I'm like, no motherfucking games. Like, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, like yeah. games. No. Like, it's an adult dignified lunch. With presents, yep. and I'm not gonna open them, and the forced ooing and eyeing, and no, no none of no, that. No, ship, no, no, that no. ship that shit via Amazon or whatever to my home beforehand. Amazon. You don't have to carry it. You yeah. don't have to wrap it. I'm not wasting wrapping paper. Like, don't no. bring me a card. Bring a book mm-hmm. so that you could read. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. I don't want to just throw away a card because I don't throw away anything because I'm a hoarder because of the. Don't throw so. away anything. It's true. <laughs> I reuse everything. It's horrible, but it's you have a trunk full of costumes from music videos that you got from that job. (laughs) Do you know how hard it was for me to get rid of Beyonce's second toilet paper holder that I had? Do you know how hard that was? That was a fight between my husband and I where I was crying. If you were here, like you don't throw things away, especially sentimental things. That is correct. I now have a storage unit. And it's made my marriage significantly better because I just put everything in there and he doesn't ask questions. Guys, you should also know that when I left LA last year, Mel helped me move a bunch of my stuff out. And I remember her referencing the storage unit and being like, oh, yeah, I'll just throw my bikes in there and some Mm -hmm. exercise equipment and boxes and and all that stuff. Also, Liz and I are done helping you move. No, I've helped you move from every place. You've lived in too many places. From East LA to Hollywood, Hollywood, West Hollywood. I love you so much, but we are grown. I I will pitch in for a mover for you. I'm too old, honey. Yes, and I deeply, deeply appreciated your help oh, with that. And I also I really you, enjoyed when you guys made fun of my freezer. Uh, oh my god, Chris, do you realize half of that was inedible? It been it been expired. Liz Liz goes, um, check the expiration date. Because we're eating, I'm like, why does it just taste like freezer burn? And shit was like one year old, two years. She was ready. Like, she could have eaten freezer burn food for seven years with the amount of freezer food she had up in there. 
But you know it expires, right? Just because it's frozen doesn't mean that like it expires. We threw something. Don't mean the drop stops. Like it's just really hard for me to throw away. I I literally tried heating up everything, and it, I'd be like eating it with hot. Kylie's like, that's not edible. It expired a year. Like stop trying to make it edible. I'm like, but it's here. Guys, I kind of in that regard when it comes to food, I live like a bit of an off the grid survivalist hoarder. Yes. Like, yes. You need to get that space food that really doesn't expire. That's what you need. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, yeah. I know. It's so gross. In terms of lack of expiration, yes. In terms yes. of taste. Uh, no. <laughs> it's like for the people in your life that do know you, what's something about you that would still surprise them? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, that I'm afraid of cotton balls. <laughs> it's an actual fear no uh it's an actual thing you can google it it's a legit phobia like the sound of them the feel of them the look of them my mom has the same fear too i didn't know that until like later in life but like i don't yeah i don't do uh i don't know if you ever knows that my q-tips always have wood or plastic in the middle i don't have like regular I don't have like cotton balls or cotton pads. I always just use like. I have never noticed that, and now you I know will, me. Will never not notice it again. Oh yeah, my sister like would now. like to take cotton balls and like put it on my shoulder, and I flip like with um. Anytime, like the fear what I get when I control. Like, what if you like go to a you know Christmas festivities and it's like Santa Clauses where the snow is cotton balls. So I, I, as long as I'm not touching it for the most part, okay, it's, you can look it's like a nails on a truck. I can kind of look at it, but it's like, I can't, the idea of touching it, I get goosebumps. So like anytime I'd go buy like Advil or Tylenol, I'd feel like sh- a lot of anxiety. Oh, right. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> Katie, so never, you forget it? Is this yes. your version of like, my man needs to kill the spiders in our place. Yes. Like Katie, I, so i take care of spiders in her house i don't kill them i take them outside but still i can deal with the spiders Mm. but it's the um yeah he he deals with the combos yeah and what's funny i worked for a director and on his little writer was remove all cotton balls from my room and i was like like a celebrity with like crazy like neuroses like i was so happy to hear that i'm like i'm not alone talent room guys i'm not i'm not alone only red m&ms and no cotton balls (laughs) exactly exactly we have loved having you here on the podcast um also guys you should know that mel was like my first friend in la who like taught me the ropes like show up in la like been working in orlando at the golf channel for two years move home to california where's the first place mel takes me to a freaking party at jamie fox's house no big deal. Denzel was this, there. No big is, deal. It's whatever. I might have dated a former NBA player who was there following that for a few months. but And I might have uh, hit on a LAPD and then we went on a date and I broke up with him because we weren't compatible. And then you met Kaidi like a few months later. Exactly. Written in the freaking stars. All right. Well, thank you again. And this is what we need to know. Where can we find you on social, online? Okay, so I am um, on Instagram at film my niners f i l m my niners, but like that's not the number nine. 
Yep, exactly. For the 49ers. Um, but mm-hmm. also, um, I'm on LinkedIn, Melanie Young Taylor, working my Persephone roots. Um, and I can urge you again, just check out Persephone.com, P E R S E F, as in Frank O N I.com. Just check out what we do. Um, you'll see a couple videos on that first homepage, and um, that's what I produced, and I love it. Amazing. amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank for you taking so the time. Thank you, amazing friend. And everybody out there, go hit up Mel. Go follow her on Instagram. Check out Persephone. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a comment. Share this with your friends. Uh, anyone who's like struggling in LA trying to make it, you've got some inspo right here in front of you. So. Oh, thank you yeah. again. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on your daydream. Exactly. Yeah.